deep love for us, Lord. Deep, deep love. God's love is so deep. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. His love is so good to us. God has been so good to us that we can position ourselves to say, not today, Satan. I ain't having it. <laughs> he can position us. He positions us to be able to say it with conviction that not today, Satan. I ain't having it. Repeat that to me. Say, not today, Satan. I ain't having it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just let that sit there for a minute. Let that marinate. That God positions us and we can put ourselves and keep ourselves in that position to be able to declare it and decree it. And Satan has to obey it. Now, one of the daily publications that I received had the phrase, had that phrase, and that caught my attention. And that was not today, Satan. But then I extended it and said, Not today, Satan, I ain't having it. Amen. And so that wasn't the only phrase that was in this publication. There was another phrase that we hear all the time. Get thee behind me, Satan. And that has become widely popular in Christian circles and part of what I call Christianese, right? Get thee behind me, Satan. Everything from hashtags to coffee mugs, keychains, and T-shirts have these phrases proudly displayed. Now, when you manage to avoid failure, shame, or temptations, congratulations. You have earned the right to proudly declare the phrase, not today, Satan. Amen? At least according to today's Christian view. Now, these have become popular phrases proclaimed by many Christians, even though the phrase was not coined in Christian circles. Despite this, this tiny detail, and I'm going to tell you about it in a minute, uh, it has been what I call Christianized. It's been Christianized and put into the Christianese. Amen? Now, the shocker is the coin, this phrase was coined by Bianca Del Rio on the TV show RuPaul's Drag Race. In which men compete to be crowned as the best drag queen each season. Amen. This phrase, it went viral in the LGBTQ community and it spread like wildfire. The now iconic phrase was said in the final episode of the sixth season by the participant, Bianca Del Rio, and it became an instant hit and people referenced it all over the net. Or all over the internet. For you as a believer, though, not today, Satan, is a reminder that the battle for this world has already been won. But it does not mean you won't struggle with shame, temptations, and discouragement. It's a reminder that the battle for this world has already been won. But it don't mean that you won't struggle. You won't go through some things. 
You won't be tempted and you won't go through discouragement because Satan loves to introduce challenges to target your faith just like he was bold enough to challenge Jesus' faith in Matthew chapter 4. So that's where we're going. Matthew chapter 4, that's where we're going to begin. Now, the context of Matthew, as I've said before, is he was, Matthew was known as, the, as Levi also, and he was a tax collector, which probably meant he was very unpopular. No man likes to see, no, no man, nobody, let me put it that way, like to see the tax man coming but one time a year. Because if they reach out to you in the middle of a year, before your taxes are filed, then you've got to figure something is happening, right? Amen. So Matthew was a tax collector, which meant he was probably unpopular. But he left everything to follow Jesus after he concluded and determined that Jesus was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. Matthew was authorized to write the gospel that bears his name, and its subject is very simple. Matthew's gospel was about the king and his kingdom, like the Bible is a book about the king and his kingdom. Amen? Matthew was introducing, especially to the Jews, the message that God has sent his king, his Messiah, who would rule as the governor on earth by offering his kingdom to people. So, but in this chapter, this temptation by the devil, this is key, shows us that Jesus was human, but it also gave Jesus the opportunity to reaffirm God's plan for his ministry on earth. It also gives you an example to follow when you are tempted so that you can boldly declare, not today, Satan. <laughs> I ain't having it. Amen. The reason why his temptation was so important was this. It was a demonstration of his sinlessness because he faced temptation and he did not give in to temptation. Amen. The thing about this temptation was he wasn't, tempt, he wasn't tempted inside the temple or at his baptism. He was tempted in the wilderness where he was tired, alone, hungry, and most vulnerable. The devil will often tempt you when you are vulnerable and when you are under physical and emotional stress. For example, when you're lonely, tired, or weighing big decisions and faced with uncertainty. But equally as threatening, and one of the most dangerous times in my view, is the devil likes to tempt you when you are at your strength. When you are most susceptible to giving in to the spirit of pride. Huh? He tempts you. That's just as equally as dangerous when you are lonely and alone as when you are lifted up and been on the mountaintop and you went and you get the feeling yourself. Because God may have used you to do a certain thing. And so you get to talking to yourself and saying that I did that. And when you cross over into the I did that without God did that through me, that leaves you susceptible <laughs> to falling to Satan's attacks. You need to always be on guard against his attacks. 
Even though we, I said chapter 4, we're actually going to start in chapter 3, verse 13, because this is when Jesus had, and you're going to see it, was in his, should have been in his strength. Verse 13 says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him or by him. But John forbade him or tried to talk him out of it, saying, I have need to be baptized of you or by you, and comes thou to me. And, and, and so John said, no, stop talking. Try to talk him out of it. Why do you want to be baptized by me? Why are you coming to me, in other words? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it now be so now. Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Another translation says, But Jesus said, It should be done for me, for we must carry out all that God requires. John had to baptize Jesus because it was a requirement by God. And Jesus had to come to John to be baptized because it was required by God. You have to be careful telling God what he can do in your life. (laughs) Because it's a requirement that we be obedient to him. And when we are disobedient to him, we disqualify ourselves to be used by God. But John didn't do that. (laughs) And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went up straightway or he came up out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto or to him. And he saw what? The spirit of God descending like a what? Dove. And lightning upon him or settling on him. And then lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is what? My beloved son in whom I am what? So there you have it. The voice of the father coming down from heaven speaking. Jesus being baptized on earth and the Holy Spirit descending down like a dove settling on him. You had the Trinity at work. And Jesus should have been on the mountaintop and was on the mountaintop and should have been full of the Holy Spirit and was heard his father okay and give him authorization to do what he came to do. So Jesus should have been what? In the spirit. Right? Then we change over to chapter four and it says this. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into where? The wilderness. To be tempted of the devil. The wilderness is a desert place. An uninhabited region. To be tempted of the devil who is an adversary. Who is our adversary. Amen. And when he had fasted what? 40 days and 40 nights. He was afterward and hungry or he became what? Very hungry. And when the tempter or the devil came to him and said, if thou be the son of God, command all these stones to be made bread or to become food or loaves of bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not what? By bread alone. But how? By every word that proceedeth or comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil did what? Taketh him up or took him up into a holy city, Jerusalem, 
and settled him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, if thou be what? The son of God. Cast thyself down, for it is written. Now, the devil is trying to use the word, right? right? For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And he wasn't lying. Because it was written that the devil will give, give, I mean, God will give his angels charge, right? But the devil will always try to twist God's word to get you to do what he wants you to do. That's why it's important that you know the word for yourself. Amen. He shall in charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall bear, thy, bear thee up, lest at any time you should dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus did what? Said unto him, it is written again, yes. <laughs> thou shalt not do what? Tempt the Lord, the, the Lord thy God. And again, or next, the devil taketh him or took him up to an exceeding high mountain. And showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things I w- will I give thee if thou wilt do what? Fall down and worship me. Then says Jesus unto him, get thee hence or get out of here, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall Thou serve, and verse 11 says, Then the devil did what? Leaveth him, or went away. And behold, the angels came and ministered, or took care of Jesus. Now I'm getting ready to mess you up. And knock your socks off. Okay? Y'all ready? You, as a believer, don't have the authority to rebuke the devil. I knew that's going to mess you up. Amen. There are some believers who believe they not only have the authority to rebuke the devil, but they also must be about the business of continually rebuking the devil. I got you now, huh? But there is actually no biblical base for that belief. We use it. Satan, I rebuke you. Uh Uh-huh. And continually say that. Satan, unlike God, is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at a time. And the likelihood of his personally harassing you as an individual believer is minuscule. Satan is not omniscient. Because he is not God. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So for him to harass you individually by himself all the time is minuscule at best. Now he has legions of demons who does his bidding. And they are everywhere because there's a lot of them. But they only are used to destroy your testimony. As a believer, you do need to be aware of the reality of the presence of evil because evil is always crossing at your door. And and as you struggle to stand firm in your faith, you need to realize that your enemy is not just human ideas, but real forces that come from the powers of darkness. We're going to get there. Trust me. Amen. 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 in the New King James, for we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against the rulers of, dark, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, plural, of wickedness in heavenly places. Rulers with an S. Not ruler, right? Are you following me? Now, the truth of the matter is God has allowed Satan significant amounts of power and influence over the earth, at least for now. But Satan is always within God's sovereign control. In other words, he cannot do anything without God's permission. I'm getting there to the, you ain't, it's not biblically rebuking, all right? The Bible does tell us that Satan prowls around like a lion in search of prey, looking for victims to devour. Satan is the power at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Anyone who is not under the control of God is under the, under the control of the devil. Anyone who is not under the control of God is under the control of, devil, of the devil. Want to see an illustration? An illustration is a real living illustration that we see every day. That we hear about every day. Peoria is at the highest rate of homicides that it's been. Fights in the schools unruliness in the classroom, not listening to authority. All of that is the fruit of being under the control of who? Satan. Mm. As a born-again, fire-baptized believer, you are no longer enslaved by Satan or sin, but that does not mean you are immune to, in, immune to the temptation he puts before you. And I will say it again, and I'm getting there. The Bible does not give you the you as a believer, the authority to rebuke the devil, it gives you the authority to resist the All devil. Right. Right. <laughs> James chapter 4, verse 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice it says resist, not rebuke. Resist means withstand, which comes from the Greek word antihistamai, which suggests vigorously opposing, bravely resisting, and standing face to face to an adversary and standing your ground. It says resist, not rebuke. <laughs> you just can't read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Amen. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't say man rebuke you, Satan. It says the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Even Michael, one of the most powerful of the angels, did not dare to accuse Satan, but said in Jude chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> it, let me say this, it is not necessary. It makes you feel better when you say I rebuke you. 
But it's not necessary for you as a believer to rebuke Satan because God has already given you his full armor to stand against the devil. <laughs> and if you want to read it this time, sometime this week, we've been there before. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It tells you about the armor that God has already given you to resist the devil. We spend a lot of time fighting fights that we shouldn't be having. But you know what? The devil uses it as a trick to get our attention diverted. Because we'll spend our time rebuking instead of resisting. Which means we're putting our attention on him instead of focusing on God. Ooh, told y'all I was going to get y'all. <laughs> resist the devil and he will flee the Lord rebukes the devil we have to resist the devil withstand stand against him how? with the whole armor of God let the Lord fight the battle we spend time in too many battles with Satan when we should be focusing on the Lord and letting him do it Mm. Amen. <laughs> Told you I would get you. <laughs> the most effective weapon you have against the devil is your faith, wisdom, and your knowledge about God and his word. That is the most effective because we are we ain't rest, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with principalities and rulers. In high places. So the most effective weapon you have against the devil is your faith, wisdom, knowledge about God and his word. And guess where Satan attacks? He attacks your faith. He attacks the wisdom that you get from God and your knowledge about God and God's word. You see, he tried to use the word against Jesus. <laughs> the living word. <laughs> The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. Let me say it this way. The devil is not moved or afraid of your words. He is not moved or afraid of your words. He is moved and afraid of God's word. So Jesus' example he spoke the word. He didn't say, I rebuke you in the name of me. Amen. He used the word. Jesus was human at this point. He was in his humanity. Even though he was, uh, in, the chapter, in chapter head said that he was, God was pleased with him. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. And this was Jesus because he was baptized, right? Jesus was still in his human form. So he's showing us the example on how to resist the devil, not rebuke the devil. Hmm. So we have to do it like Jesus did and use the word to tell him, not today, devil. I ain't having it. So this is how you resist. You resist by depending on God and focusing on his purpose. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
Deuteronomy chapter 8. Amen. <laughs> Did I mess y'all up? <laughs> you resist him. Don't try to rebuke him. Rebuke is a trick that the enemy uses to get your focus on him and not on God. Hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to look at verse number 1 through 3. It says this. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, or promise to give your ancestors. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee. Hmm. He takes you to a wilderness sometimes to humble you. And to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Or another way of putting it is testing you to prove your character. Mm. He sends you into a wilderness situation to test your character. <laughs> How's your character doing? Mm. Got quiet in this assembly. Amen. Humble being to know whether in thy heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And hear it again. And he humbled thee, or another translation says, Yes, he humbled you. And suffered thee to hunger. How did he humble? By letting you go hungry. And fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. In other words, they had never experienced manna up until this point. Right? And neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not what? Jesus quoted that scripture, right? That man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. You notice, as I just pointed out, that Jesus, who is the living word, used the written word, the Logos, as a rhema word, now word, to resist the devil. Jesus in his humanity at this moment in this juncture in Matthew chapter 4 did not rebuke the devil. He resisted the devil. How did he do it? Using God's word. Even though he was 100% God and 100% man while on earth, he sets us an example of how we as believers must resist the devil. Let me say it this way. Rebuking the devil sounds good and sounds fancy, but when, when you rebuke the devil, you're on his territory. And so what you try to do is fight the devil on his territory using his words. Right. Which means you will lose to the devil because you're on his territory using his methods. When you resist him using the word of God, that's God's method for us to use to resist the devil which, in which the devil loses. Ooh, y'all. <laughs> okay. 
Many people, including believers, think that life is based on satisfying their appetites. What's good for me, right? If I can just earn enough money to dress, eat, and play in my highfalutin style, then I am living the good life. Or in other words, living my best life. Hmm? But those things will not satisfy your deepest longings and in the end will leave you empty and dissatisfied. Real life, according to Moses, comes from, the total, commi- comes from total commitment to God and seeking to live by every word that comes from him. So how do you do that? Number one, or letter A, 1A is this. You need to recognize your need for the word. You need the word. It's not a one-off. It's not whenever it's convenient. You need the word. You need to be agreed that God alone can truly satisfy you. Now, Snickers can't do it. (laughs) But God alone can truly satisfy you. C is, you need to pray for God's presence, wisdom, and direction as you read his word. You need to pray for God's wisdom, his presence, and direction as you read his word. D is, you need to savor, protect your relationship you have with God through Jesus Christ. You need to savor the flavor of your relationship with God. Amen. Savor that flavor. And if you need to practice or apply what you have learned. You need to practice and or apply. Or let's put it this way, practice and apply what you have learned. Amen. That's how you tell the devil, not today, devil. I ain't having it. Recognize you need it, the word. Agree that God can only truly satisfy you. Pray for God's presence, wisdom, and direction. Savor your relationship that you have with him and practice and apply what you have learned. Amen? Number two, how you resist the devil. Not only... That you need to number two, you need to by knowing that God has already blessed you with all spiritual blessings. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one. Say it again. Not today, devil. I ain't having it. Come on now, believe it. Say it like you believe it. Say, not today, devil. I ain't having it. That's it. I ain't having it. I ain't having none of it. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number, starting at verse number 1. It says this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed 
Blessed be the God, or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, or all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings, blessed, past tense, with all spiritual blessings in where? Heavenly places, how? In Christ, or when we are united with Christ. Now, this these whole all verses from 3 to 12 is one long sentence in Greek. We would call it a run-on verse if you go ahead and read all of it. I'm not going to read all of it. And it's about what we as believers possess because of the cross of Christ. He begins verse 3 with worship. Worship means to bless the name of God, and it, or blessed means to bless the name of God, and it means to speak well of him. Worship is the celebration of who God is and what he has done and what you trust him to do. Amen. The thing about what Paul is pointing out is this. God is not interested in spectators. He is looking for participators. He don't want you just to sit back. He wants you to get involved with Amen? And why would you praise him? Or why should you? Because in Christ, he has already blessed you in heavenly places. The heavenly places are the spiritual realm where God and Satan battle for your allegiance. But God has already blessed you in those realms. See, we live in the physical realm with all of our problems and needs, struggles, and our sins. But whatever happens in the physical realm originates in the spiritual realm. Amen? Conflict in your house or home is a spiritual problem. Although conflict is a visible fruit, the root is spiritual in nature. That's why you as a believer need to live with a spiritual world view. To have that view, you need to believe that God has already done it. And when you do that, you have declared, not today, devil. I ain't having it. God has already blessed me in the spiritual realm. And as long as I stay connected to God, I am protected by the armor of God because I am in the spiritual realm. See, the devil tries to goad you to come out of the spiritual realm onto his playground so that he can get you out of the spirit and your protection will get weak. <laughs> See, that's why you got to be careful. That's why it's important to know the difference between rebuke and resist and what we are authorized as believers to do. <laughs> Rebuking sounds good, make you feel good, and make all those around you say, oh, they're really on it. But really, you are crossing over to a place where you shouldn't be. Out of the spirit realm into the physical realm, because when you use the word rebuke, it gets into your mind and not your spirit. Because it can't come from your spirit because rebuke for us as believers don't work. We have no authority with that word. But we have authority when we resist. 
That's why I was having issues this morning, going up and down the stairs. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what, how you're going to deliver this. <laughs> I have no idea how you're going to put this together. <laughs> Made myself, we was almost real late. <laughs> By the time I got through looking over myself, it was 930. I'm saying, Lord, I only got an hour and a half. I'm going to be up. The people, what you gonna do with this? <laughs> but I resisted the devil. <laughs> he said, No, you need to tell them and you need to learn the difference between that you are authorized to resist him, you ain't authorized to rebuke him. Ooh. 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 Read Bible. You're doing things. Outside of that realm. That's right. We need to stay in our lane. Only the Lord can rebuke the devil. We can't. Number three is, you can say it by trusting the Lord with all your heart. Our famous scripture is the one you should know by heart. And Proverbs, you don't even have to probably turn there. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It's the most beloved, most quoted, and probably the most memor- one of the most memorized passages of Scripture outside of the Lord is my shepherd <laughs> that we quote. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And we'll be Amen. It's a reminder. This scripture is a reminder that the that the knowledge of God, that based on your knowledge of God, you should be willing to trust God. Already. If you over the age of one and been a believer more than one minute, based on God's past record. That should tell you that you can trust him. Right? The Hebrew word for trust means to lie down or to put your entire weight on something. When you go to sleep at night, you lay down on your bed because you already believe that bed is going to hold you. Right? And with all your heart means entirely without exception. Trust in the Lord with all your heart or without exception. So in essence, God says, trust me completely. I can sustain you. Your own understanding won't support you. (laughs) God doesn't want you coming to your crucial crossroads in your life with nothing to guide you but faulty human signposts. Rebuking the devil is a faulty human signpost. (laughs) It's a word that we are not authorized to use. 
He wants you to know his ways, his divine perspective, so that you don't take the wrong word, wrong road. With your own words, authorizing yourself to rebuke the devil. When the Bible does not tell you that you can do that. Now, the proof you are not trusting God, even when you have said you do, is when you turn to other sources first to address the problems. You don't turn to God first, you turn to other sources. Well, only if we did this amount of money. Or if, we, if the parent did this. Or if the school district did that. Or if the president signed this one. Or if this does that, then we will be okay. No, if you don't trust God first, you're trusting in a faulty signpost. Amen? If you want to know where your trust is, and I challenge you to do that this week, ask yourself, where do I turn to first when I need help? You need to remember this. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. And his wisdom is infinite. He has the ability to coordinate events of history throughout eternity. What does that mean? Everything has been coordinated by God in the first place. And it lasts throughout eternity. In other words, God has an end already in mind and planned for us. What we are going through right now is not sneaking up on God. <laughs> it has not snuck up on him. As I pointed out last week, violence has always been in the earth. Since Genesis chapter 6. And even before that, when Cain killed Abel. Amen. This stuff ain't snuck up on God. Instead of rebuking, start resisting the devil. Amen. God has an impressive resume. His resume is impeccable. <laughs> And it's, and it's simple and deep all at the same time. God's resume is simple, but it's deep all at the same time. Simple enough that you can see it, but deep enough if you want to stay hidden from it, you can. Mm. So you resist the devil by depending on God. You resist the devil by knowing that God has already blessed you in the heavenly realm. You resist the devil by trusting the Lord with all your heart. Resisting, don't rebuke him. Because if you resist him, after you have humbled yourself, the devil will flee. Just like he did with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4. And when he leaves the angel comes to minister. <laughs> oh, my 
my God, my God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word, your word, your word. Not today, devil. <laughs> I ain't having it. Mm, ain't going, you ain't got it going on, devil. <laughs> Praise God. Stand to your feet. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that word. For those out there, if you need Jesus, receive him today. Apply the word. Don't try to rebuke the devil. Resist the devil. And he will flee. And then the angels will minister. Give you the strength you need. Amen. Amen. Praise God.